The Island Digest is a sampling of the stories in this week's Journal of the San Juans, Islands Sounder, and Islands Weekly, which are on newsstands now. The September 14th edition is brought to you by Orcas Island Healthcare District. I'm Caleb Summers, and here are the headlines from this week's news. Vikings Fall Sports Preview No survivors after Friday Harbor seaplane crashes in Mutiny Bay. Port of Lopez launches a new free pump-out boat. Rash of street sign theft. Plus, choice excerpts from the sheriff's log. Now in local headlines. From the Island's Sounder, Vikings Fall Sports Preview. By Jefferson Freeman, Orcas Island High School student. The end of summer means that Viking sports are back in action, and this season's expectations are high. A defending state champion soccer squad that only lost three players, and a still young volleyball team poised to make the leap into championship contention started their season this past weekend. With excitement and expectations running high, I was able to sit down with both soccer coaches— Head coach Terry Turner and assistant coach Sid Hayworth are returning from last year's title run, and while they both had a similar feeling about the team, their outlooks for the season varied. Hayworth had some strong words for the team this season, saying that in his mind this is the strongest and deepest team Orcas Island High School has ever fielded. Both coaches understood that the only ceiling this team has is themselves— and that if they are going to be successful, it is up to nobody but them. Outside of the obvious goals of bringing home as many trophies as possible and becoming the first Orcas side to complete a treble, both Turner and Hayworth mentioned goals of maintaining Vikings soccer in both play style and culture. The biggest variable in answer was when asked if there was a target on their own backs. Turner believed that every team was just as focused as usual, and that at the end of the day, three points is three points. Hayworth acknowledged the fact that this team had plenty of opponents looking to trip them up and steal a win and even the title away. While the Vikings only lost three seniors, they were important. William Ibarra, Cadence Cravelt, and Toby Smith were included in all league teams and left large holes to be filled. However, neither coach seemed to be too concerned with that, as both sang high praise for the freshman group that they believe will play a key role in this season. Hayworth said that there were a number of freshmen who would have been starters had it not been for the returning talent from previous seasons. Both coaches believe that this is the team, that they are highly capable, highly skilled, and ready to go out there and take it. Saturday, September 10th, was the return to play for the defending state soccer champions, as they got to take on Sound Christian Academy on Orcas. Going into the matchup with 41 straight home wins, the Vikings kept that momentum. It took only six minutes to knock the zero off the scoreboard as a lofted ball from Jefferson Freeman went off the back post and into the back of the net. Three minutes later, Pedro Guerro lofted another ball over the keeper. This one was a successful cross, finding Remy Lago, who would smash it home to give the Vikings a convincing lead. The rest of the game followed along those lines. 
Reigning co-MVP Tommy Anderson Cleveland added two, Anthony Conejo had a brace in his high school debut, Joaquin Shanks Morales got his first career goal in his first career game, Pedro Guerrero added two goals to go with his assists, Christian Freeman got career goal number one, and the other co-MVP, Diego Lago, had two goals in his senior season opener. Anderson Cleveland added three assists to an already outstanding day. Sam Sutton and Pedro Guerrero both had a pair, while Nicholas Rivera and Diego Lago both got one apiece. The Vikings' schedule dives in head first as they will play three games between Tuesday, September 13, and Tuesday, September 20. All LaConnor and MVC way, and rivals Friday Harbor at home. All three are against teams poised to contend for the league's top spot, meaning this will be one of the Vikings' most important weeks. Volleyball will be playing 18 regular season games plus a tournament. After narrowly missing out on a spot in the state playoffs last season, a team that only lost two seniors is back and ready to make themselves known. Head coach Rachel Wilson had words of confidence for her team heading into the season, citing the team's experience, ability, and a plethora of leadership. Wilson understands where this team is saying that they will be competing for every point and that they are in a position to do great things. The Vikings will get battle-tested this season as they play in a league with defending 2B state champions LaConnor. When asked about challenges, Wilson focused on her team and her team only, saying that volleyball is a game of mistakes and it really matters how you can bounce back. This is a team that is locked in and ready to take a step into contention. With the tools in their toolbox, all it takes is consistency for the Vikings to become a threat to the state title. Volleyball got a challenging start matching up with 2A Bush and 2B state qualifiers Crosspoint in back-to-back -back days to start their season. Bush proved to be a challenge as the varsity team ended up failing after four tough sets. Turning right around the next day, they got to get a taste of what playoff volleyball was like, and they thrived. Winning the first two sets before dropping the third, Crosspoint attempted a little bit of a momentum swing, but at the end of the day, it wasn't enough to take on a talented Viking group who would complete the win in the fourth set. They will be traveling to rival Friday Harbor for a huge game in terms of bragging rights and momentum for the season. After that, they head out to Yakima to compete in the Sun Dome Tournament. Co-ed varsity cross-country returns this year once again, led by coach Mike Culper. The team will be participating in six invitational meets, a league home meet, the league championship meet, and the tri-district championship meet. Runners who qualify at the district championship will be invited to the state championships meet at the start of November. The race distances are from 2 miles to 3.1 miles. What's next? Mark your calendars for the homecoming bonfire at the Village Green scheduled for Friday, October 7th, immediately following the homecoming parade after school. Let us know if you want to help with this event. For game schedules and updates, visit www.orcusvikings.com. From the Journal of the San Juan Islands, 
No survivors after Friday Harbor seaplane crashes in Mutiny Bay by Heather Spaulding. A float plane that had departed from Friday Harbor and was bound for Renton Municipal Airport crashed into Mutiny Bay, Whidbey Island, on September 4th, according to a press release by the United States Coast Guard. There were no survivors. During the short flight, it had not flown higher than 1,000 feet. The plane, which was owned by Northwest Seaplanes and operated by Friday Harbor Seaplanes, was carrying one child, eight adults, and the pilot. The body of one passenger was retrieved and positively identified, but by the end of the day on September 5th, the Coast Guard called off the search for the remaining passengers. It is always difficult when it comes time to make a decision to stop searching, said Captain Daniel Broadhurst, Incident Management Branch Chief for the 13th Coast Guard District. The hearts of all the first responders go out to those who lost a family member, a loved one, or a friend in the crash. Families of the deceased were notified prior to releasing their names. Those who died were pilot Jason Winters and passengers Patricia Hicks, Sandra Williams, Ross Mikkel, his wife Lauren Hilty, their child Remy Mikkel, Luke Ludwig, Rebecca Ludwig, Joanne Mera, and Gabrielle Hanna. Williams was a well-known social justice advocate from Spokane, Washington, and Mikkel was the founder of Ross Andrew Winery. None of the plane's occupants were residents of San Juan County. The National Transportation Safety Board is now investigating the cause of the incident. NTSB member Tom Chapman thanked the first responders and expressed condolences to the families during a press conference. He explained that investigations similar to this typically take 18 to 24 months. This particular case is unusual in that the wreckage has still not been located. NTSB is working with the Washington State Department of Fish and Wildlife to find the plane, or remnants of the plane, which could be spread out below at least 100 feet of water in Mutiny Bay. Chapman stated during a press conference that he was confident that the wreckage would be found at some point. NTSB, meanwhile, is looking at pilot records, training records, and Federal Aviation Administration surveillance data and collecting weather and aircraft control, among other information, to determine the cause. Our mission is to understand not just what happened, but why it happened, and recommend changes to prevent it from happening again. Chapman said. We will not be determining the cause while we are on scene, nor will we speculate about the cause. NTSB is asking any witnesses to email photos or videos of the accident to witness at ntsb.gov or call 866-328-6341. From the Islands Weekly Port of Lopez launches a new free pump-out boat. A new sewage pump-out boat is providing free service to recreational boaters in the San Juan Islands. The Port of Lopez received a grant in 2021 from the National Fish and Wildlife Foundation to build an electric-powered pump-out vessel. A separate grant from the Washington State Parks Clean Vessel Act grant program is supporting the operations and maintenance of the vessel, along with financial backing from the port. Named Blackwater, 
The vessel has already provided several pump-outs despite only being in service since mid-August. We're thrilled to assist the port in establishing this new service and hope to see others like it in the region, said Catherine Bukowski-Smith, Clean Vessel Act Grant Program Manager. The Port of Lopez looks forward to providing a service that will help to protect its surrounding waters of Lopez Island and the Salish Sea. We're very grateful to the National Fish and Wildlife Foundation and Washington Clean Vessel Act Grant Program for making it possible to purchase and operate this vessel. Pump-out services are free to recreational vessels, but boaters must call to make an appointment ahead of time. Boaters can request a pump-out appointment by email, pumpout at portoflopez.com, phone at 360-504-7982, or by hailing VHF Channel 78. In addition to funding the construction and ongoing operation of pump-out and dump stations across the state, the Clean Vessel Act grant program funds Pump-Out Washington, a boater education initiative managed by Washington Sea Grant. Introducing new boaters on how and where to pump out their boat's holding tank is the key to maintaining local water quality. Washington Sea Grant provides educational outreach to boaters on marina docks during summer months and provides boaters with a variety of helpful tools, such as the free pump-out adapter and a new video on the Pump-Out Washington website demonstrating how to use the more than 140 free public pump-out facilities in the state. A free mobile phone app, Pump-Out Nav, is another popular tool helping boaters locate the nearest pump-out or dump station from Washington to California. In county news, rash of street sign theft. San Juan County is experiencing a slew of street sign thefts, leaving intersections and many popular roads unmarked. County officials are calling for the public's help in finding and returning missing street signs. In the last two months, 13 signs were stolen, bringing 2022's total to 35 stolen signs. Used for more than navigation by locals and visitors, street signs are imperative for the sheriff's office, EMS firefighters, and other emergency and utility services who rely on accurate signage. Each road sign costs around $250 to replace if the post and bracket can be salvaged. These replacements are paid for by taxpayer dollars. Public works crews are working quickly to replace the missing signs, but in doing so are being pulled away from other important duties, like mowing, road repair, and maintenance projects. That's why the department is asking for the public's help in tracking down and returning stolen signs or urging friends and family to leave signs in place. The department would like to thank the anonymous citizen who brought back seven of the stolen signs to the Guard Street office. Others wishing to provide the same service are encouraged to return signs, no questions asked, to 1000 Guard Street, Friday Harbor. And now, excerpts from the San Juan County Sheriff's Log. On August 31st, a deputy on Orcas confronted an individual wanted for arrest. 
Once the individual learned they were under arrest and not free to leave, they threw coffee at the deputy and fled the scene. The individual was found shortly after, arrested, and transported to Friday Harbor. On San Juan, a deputy was informed that street signs had been stolen. Public Works was notified. There is currently no suspect information or workable leads. A deputy responded to a report of someone littering into the water off San Juan Island. The possible suspect was unable to be contacted at the time. Photographs, however, were taken. On September 2nd, an Orcas deputy authored a courtesy report regarding a late-reported collision on private property. On September 3rd, a county employee found an e-bike in the bushes near the Lopez skate park. Attempts have been made to locate the owner. On September 4th, a deputy on San Juan responded to a report of a missing person. The deputy searched the area with other individuals who were on the scene. The missing person was found safe. It was learned that she had wandered into the wrong cabin while intoxicated and had fallen asleep. A Lopez resident filed a report of harassment, claiming the neighbor was photographing a contractor who was evaluating a job on the reporting person's property. A report was completed and civil court information was provided. On September 5th, a deputy responded to a report of suspicious activity on San Juan. A citizen came home and their dog was not in their house. The dog was later returned by a neighbor, which the citizen found to be suspicious. On September 6th, a deputy was dispatched to a reported theft in Friday Harbor. A security camera captured a person taking items without paying for them. The person was contacted and the items were recovered. A report was forwarded to the prosecuting attorney's office for a charge of third-degree theft. A Lopez deputy was called out for a non-injury motor vehicle accident on private property. The driver had misjudged the driveway's trajectory and ended up high-centered on large rocks. The vehicle's owner called a towing agency. This concludes the September 14th edition of the Island Digest. This edition is brought to you by Orcas Island Healthcare District, which provides financial support to Island Health Primary Care Orcas. After-hours care for those in need of medical services is available by calling 360-376-2561. For more information, visit orcashealth.org backslash after hours. Thank you for listening to the Island Digest, a small sampling of what's in your local print newspapers this week. The Journal, Sounder, and Weekly rely upon advertising, subscriptions, and donations to support our mission of high-quality community journalism. To contribute, visit our websites or email publisher Colleen Smith-Summers at csmith at soundpublishing.com. Thanks for listening, and tune in next week for more news from San Juan County.